Welcome to the China Flexpad podcast. My name is Philip. I'm since almost three years now in China. I came here alone as an experienced software engineer, and I will leave very soon, actually, as an experienced department leader with international project experience and with the love of my life. In the last three years, I accomplished the most difficult project in my career, bringing the software and IT departments of an Austrian mid-sized automation industry leader to China. It took us three years and the hardest lessons learned to accomplish this. Proudly, I can say it is possible to find the right talents, train them and adapt the from the headquarters known and established processes and procedures so that they can fit into both walls. We have the right talents to continue without the need to bring in a new expert or anything similar. I left my home, Austria, to start this big journey. Today, I go not just home, I leave a second time my home. So, Philip, welcome to the show. You are the first real expat. When did you start working at your current company? Uh, well, uh, thanks for having me. I started right after school uh, in an apprenticeship program, so I was 16 at that time. And how old are you today? Uh, today I'm 27. So you've been at the same company for more than 10 years, so you can be called a real expert, right? <laughs> I hope so. But at the same time, you never graduated from university. You spent the time working. So how do Chinese customers and your team accept you as a professional department manager? I mean, if you, if you say if it's a disadvantage or not, uh, personally, I, I never experienced any disadvantage, disadvantage about this. Uh, I barely got that question asked and nobody changed the behavior if I, I told so. But still, it's really hard to believe that you started working at 16. You've been at the same company for so long. And tell me, how do you build a general and open mindset? I'm not sure if I'm the right to answer such a question, but I would say just try new things whenever you get the chance to. Uh, don't be afraid uh, to leave your comfort zone and don't overthink it. I think I was never afraid to get into a situation where I did not know everything about it. Other people also just cook with water. Try to to find it out. That's really nice to talk like this. Uh, try new things, such as go to China, right? So tell me, how did you learn how to lead a Chinese team and negotiate with customers at your young age? Well, uh, very much by doing it. You know, there is no such thing as a training which could prepare you to everything which might happen. Just try to act professional, be kind, listen and work through the problems as best as you can. But speaking about negotiate with customers, that was what I liked the most of. For this, I have to say I found a great teacher who gave me frank feedback about everything related. To have someone who can do that helped me improve tremendously. I really recommend to everyone to have a few experienced, honest teachers or friends who tell you the truth about you. It might hurt in the beginning, but it's very effective learning. And by the way, I hope you noticed this teacher and friend was you, Francis. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, Philip. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. And we did have a great time together. I was very astonished of your skills and also how you always got up again after I took you down. 
<laughs> and also of your way of solving every problem yourself. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it was a really good time. I mean, uh, I would like to tell the audience we spent almost three years next to each other working our asses off. It's, it was a good time. I really will remember it. So how did you recruit and train your team in China? Um, I would start, start with training. Trainings were pretty much the same. I would say we, we have technical goals and skill you need. So you look for the right background for some certain degrees or experience. I would take experience as well in the same level as university. And what we tried was after the training or in, in the training as well to let them, the engineers experience by themselves what it is to make mistakes, but what feeling it is if you solve them and come home with uh, signed, say, uh, a final acceptance protocol or something like this. So it was like partially like training at home, but also let them make experience. And that worked really out the best, I would say. But was it difficult to find guys in China? Was it difficult to recruit the right people? I'm, I know you were based in Nantong, right? Uh, right, yeah. Pretty much we, we were looking for Nantong locals. We haven't made too much good experience with, you know, like Sinochops or so when people are not from Nantong. So we were looking for a long time commitment and therefore we really looked for locals. Even some like who moved back from another province or another city around. So we tried to cap capture them basically and that works really out well because they have good good experience and they will commit for a long time and we're really sophisticated with them. It's really, really good. So what is the main difference between your job when you were in China and your job when you were back in headquarters in Austria? Couldn't be much more di different, I would say. In Austria, I was working in the software department. So I was working as a specialist in the team and we developed new software all day. We talked to a lot of people about how it applied and so on. But pretty much whenever I got a bigger problem or something like this, there was everywhere, every time somebody around who could help it or who jumped in and helped you. When I came to China, you know, I was far away, literally, and also the time zone. So I had to figure it out by myself because there was just nobody there who could help me. I mean, of course, you can call and you can make meetings and so ever, but when you're on the job, you learn really to, to swim, let's say, like this by yourself. And that's pretty tough, especially in the beginning, but you will learn so much in such a short time that's... In hindsight, a really, really good experience. And I really can recommend that to everybody. And especially you will make quite not so deep, like special, but also quite more in different areas. So you were never afraid to make mistakes, right? Well, I was afraid though, but uh, there was nobody else who could do the job. So I did it and it worked out in the end. So what did your company think about this? Did you get, get any feedback on your performance in China? Yeah, I got actually pretty, pretty good credits on the job and the performance. They told me it was what was good and what not, of course, but all over the performance uh, was really well and the feedback as well. 
Did you need to speak Chinese in your job? How did you communicate with your team? I think as every expert, I, I tried to learn in the beginning. I had already before when I was in Austria some training and I prepared and I came with that mindset. I will learn. I will learn it because whenever you get, you have never the chance to learn Chinese in such a surrounding well. And But as I came, as we talked before, I had many more other problems and issues than learning Chinese. So I was so much taken by my job to get it done, to increase the team and so on. So we ended up with speaking English only. And the benefit from that was as well because my staff, my engineers in the beginning didn't speak that good English as well. So we learned English as well with them. And that helps, especially for international projects or international communication that helps them as well very much. So we just stuck in English and I have to say I didn't make it to to speak much more Chinese than to survive and order a bowl of rice or something like this. Just one more thing specifically on, on the job. Uh, how did you like working with international customers in China? Were they different in China, like an international, like a German customer, were they different in China from the way they were working in Germany? At a certain level, you don't really see much difference. I mean, they all speak English. They all have the same, let's say, procedures and they're following the same standards, like global standards, which such companies have. So from working-wise or skill-wise, it's pretty much the same. So I understand it's also a big value that you are doing this job as an expat, right? Because you know how the job is done at home, right? And you can do the same quality of working in China without traveling to China, right? Exactly. That that's, was the idea, to have somebody here who can do the job here. Yeah, I also remember this. And this I also remember that the customers were really happy uh, to have you leading their projects because they could just work with you just exactly the same way like they could work with someone from headquarters. Now you're leaving. Do you have a good feeling that your team will proceed the same way that you did? My, my feeling, I, I'm, I'm of course, I'm, I'm sad, and I, I just had today my last working day. But I'm really lucky with my team. They managed everything, and I'm, I'm sure they can do the job as well as I could, or even better. What is it like living in China as a foreigner? You come with all that stereotypes you have. You know, they're, they're looking at you, they're making picture. Not always and everywhere, of course, but mostly I would say people are really nice and friendly. It's just the language barrier is so big and the cultural difference that you end up with situations where like you're a little bit don't know what to do. But living is really great in China. I cannot complain, not at all. Uh, I had a good apartment. I had some friends from everywhere around the world and I could travel China and Asia very easily, actually. And it was really great. So living is really good in China. So how did your company prepare you for this job in China? I would say I was very lucky to have a company who managed like everything around. So after the announcement that the company brings the software and the IT departments to China, I talked to my branch manager about my interests. And two weeks later, I found myself taking like the job, talking to the general manager. And two weeks after, I had the papers and it was very informal. And especially my 
company had experience in the paperwork, so I hadn't much work with it. Of course, I had to bring all the papers and so on. So I could fully focus on the technical side of my tasks. If I would need to give anyone out their advice, I would say don't even overthink it. If you want to make that experience, just do it and commit to the decision. Working and living abroad is such an unbelievably great experience. It is not even possible to describe it. For me, it worked out perfectly doing this step with the company I already worked for. And if you have a similar chance, fine. But if not, that doesn't mean it's not possible. I could hear already plenty of examples in this podcast. So, Yeah, Philip, but once more, you're 27, right? I don't even want to say my age. Now you're talking about moving to the next step in life. So tell me, what's your next step in your career after this China assignment? In my career, I will go back to my former branch in Austria and I will be again kind of in a new position where nobody has been before. My company tried to put engineers into the sales team and to provide a new approach to get in touch with customers. And I'm very excited about this challenge and also the opportunity. And you're getting married, right? <laughs> right, yeah. I, I found it. I found the love of my life in China very unexpectedly, I would say. But I think we have some time for this. So tell me, how did you meet the love <laughs> of your life in China? <laughs> actually, quite quite normal to say. And it was in a club in Nantong, actually. Okay. Well, this really sounds very cool. So thank you very much, Philip, for coming on the show and sharing your personal life and your career and also some examples and advice for, for young flexpats. It was great to have you as a real expat, also such a young guy. And it was nice to talk to you because, as you mentioned before, we've been a team and it was a good time to do this and also a good time to wrap up. So have a good flight, Philip. Thank you. Bye-bye.